you cannot conceive, nor can I, of the appalling strangeness of the mercy of God. It's good to see you all here on this yeah. fine Youngster Sunday. Youngster Sunday. We like to start off the fall uh, with gratitude, to express our gratitude for our Youngster program and to bless our youngsters who bring so much life to this church. Mm -hmm. So welcome to Youngster Sunday. If you want to know what the program looks like today, you can check it out by using the QR code on the back of the hymnal. That'll give you the order of service. Not much different than usual, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Just like the future. Hey, speaking of future, uh, good to see you guys all here once again to have you back uh, playing music for us. And uh, it's sure nice to have you back. We missed you while you were gone. They had some other, they had some other Jonah in here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Things been good? Yeah. Uh, all right, good. Yeah, your folks, they all right? All right, great, yeah. All right, and um, as always, holding it, holding it down for us, uh, gunslinger Mike Schultz. All right. Gunslinger. Yeah, and as always, Michael and Green. Uh, also, yeah, hello to all you people watching on the TV or listening on the radio. Uh, we're glad that uh, glad you made it. I hope some of you can make it out for the last event in the Midway Summer Series. Oh, it's, we've been having these conversations with the people from this church, Bethlehem, and people in the neighborhood. Eat together, converse. This next topic for the conversation will be... You know, it's, they say that when, the, uh, when neighbors talk, crime rates drop. So we're all getting together with our neighbors, and uh, we're going to talk. And make and, the crime rates drop. I mean, some people say you can literally see it in real time. Um, so please join us for that. We're going to eat. There's going to be food. It's going to be catering. And, uh, yeah, I'll meet some people maybe that you, uh, yeah. you don't know. Neighbors. That, yeah. The, you can love them. That is Saturday, September 24th, 1 to 3 p.m., right out in the yard here. All right. Do you need to do anything besides show up? Or? Well, you know, it'd be nice if you can to register. You can do that by uh, signing up on the link in the newsletter. And if you don't get the newsletter, you can sign up on our website, houseofmercy.org. Um, all right. Oh, and you know what's coming here. What is it, a couple weeks away? On the 25th of this month, Sunday, the, uh, the autumnal equinox uh, celebration feast, the Feast of Jonah. Uh, it's uh, something we do once a year. It's as the days get uh, shorter, the nights get longer. It's a time when a lot of people uh, maybe kind of burrow in, uh, move into a more contemplative state, uh, contemplate their death, all, of, all this stuff. <laughs> What's so funny about that? <laughs> I call that Wednesday. <laughs> um, sorry. But so we hope that you come and it's going to be, oh, there's so many amazing things going to happen besides the contemplating death. I know that will get you in the door. Besides, it's not in the door, it's outside. We are going to consecrate this great new uh, piece of liturgical art, this mosaic that is out there. Um, and uh, we are going to announce and feature, and you'll hear from, the brand new uh, House of Mercy house band who uh, we're kind of keeping it under wraps for right now, you know, but I think you're gonna like it. 
Yeah, yeah. And there'll be It's actual- not me and Debbie. I just wanted to tell you. Okay. <laughs> And there'll be actual feasting, too, like yeah. good food after the service, so music, liturgical arts, and food. All the good things. All right. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, help us to be present and attentive and curious, not fixed in our judgments about every little thing. Help us not to move through the world or this evening as if we already know it all. Make us open-hearted like children. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's pass the peace. I invite you to join me now in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer petition with God and your mercy, and I invite you to respond, hear our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, help us as a nation and as people not to fixate on the wrongs that have been done to us as if we were somehow innocent and not capable of hurting others, as if we have not been destructive or ungenerous or self-righteous. Help us recognize instead how much we are all in this together, every nation under God, so that this world might someday move toward peace, liberty, and justice for all. God, in your mercy. We pray to you, the source of love, that we might see how much we are given, that you have an infinite supply that you long to fill us with love so that it spills out over the banks so that anyone who is thirsty can get a drink. Help us know that we are loved and safe somehow in your love so that we can stop hurting each other in uncountable ways, left and right, consciously and unconsciously, as if there were not enough love to go around. Help us be grateful and help us be generous. God, in your mercy, God of mercy, we are grateful for all the life the youngsters bring, the running and the dancing and the noise and the sweetness, energetic and awkward and beautiful. We pray that they will be blessed by this place as we are blessed by their presence. We pray that this community, this church will love them and that they will know they are loved, that we will teach them about your mercy and free them to live honestly and compassionately. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, we are grateful for Anne, Britt, and Nancy, for the creativity and care they bring to the Youngster Program. We're grateful for their efforts to make this place a place where our children learn shame-free about a mysterious and merciful God. Sustain all those who give their time and attention to the youngsters. Remind us to lavish them all with gratitude. God, in your mercy. God of healing and life everlasting, we pray for those who lost loved ones to violence. 21 years ago, two years ago, yesterday, in New York, Afghanistan, Ukraine, at the intersection of Chicago and 38th. 
We pray for an end to violence. We pray for healing for physical and for emotional wounds. We know it probably won't be tomorrow, but we pray that suffering will end. God, in your mercy, we pray for Asher and Cindy. We pray for all those we name as we pause for silence to ask for your healing, to express our gratitude, and confess our sins. Thank you for the mercy and your infinite supply of everlasting love. Amen. The scripture reading for tonight is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. The word of God. Hey, it's Youngster Sunday, and uh, I usually like to tell a Youngster-type story on Youngster Sunday. And so uh, this one, you might have heard a version of it in the past from some of you. It's uh, like, I don't know if you guys did this or, you know, back when you were younger. But when I was a kid, every day after school, me and my brother Mike, we would run to our house right after school, and we'd run in the house and to change our clothes as fast as we could because we had to change out of our school clothes and into our play clothes. See, that was a, like a long time ago and you had these things, these school clothes, you couldn't really get, you weren't supposed to get dirty, I, I think. And uh, you had to change out of them and you couldn't play in them, so you changed into your play clothes and that was okay if they got dirty. Um, I don't know if they do it anymore. I mean, we certainly didn't do it. Jeannie and I, when we had our kids, we just let them wear, wear whatever they want, whenever they wanted. Except when Jeannie's parents came to town then. Um, or if I found something like really cute, vintage for little kids, that's always a score. I forced them to wear it. But otherwise, I didn't care what they, what they wore. I didn't, they could get anything dirty or, they weren't really getting dirty, didn't seem like. Anyway, that's a whole nother thing, you know? Um, yeah, so me and my brother Mike, we'd run home and we'd uh, change our clothes as fast as we could so we could get into our play clothes and get back, run outside and run to our front yard. And we ran because all the other kids on, all the, on the block, they were running into their houses too and changing out of their school clothes and into their play clothes and running to the front yard, to our front yard, because that's where all the kids on the block would meet up to play. And we all ran because the first one there got to choose what game we were going to play. 
Yeah. Game. We would go outside after school and play games outside in person. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. And we would play uh, outside and um, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do like one of those old dude things when I'm going like back in this day, we uh, didn't play the video games, you know? Um, we didn't have the video games, all right? If we played outside because our parents didn't want us inside. We played outside because, well, we didn't really have anything else to do, you know? Uh, you don't think we would have liked to play video games, you know? Or those snacks where they do, they just sit around and they, they play the video games, they eat the hot talkies. You don't think we would like to do that? No. We had a graham cracker if we're lucky, you know? Maybe on a Friday we get a graham cracker, you know? And milk. I don't even think that's healthy, graham cracker and milk, you know? So anyway, kids these days, you're lucky. Wear whatever you want, eat whatever you want. And uh, anyway, I kind of went off track here. But it's a big deal to get to choose what game's gonna be played. Do they get there first? That's a big deal. It's kind of like a little kid power you had for a minute there, you know? You got to, you got to be the decider, you got to be the chooser. Uh, so really, but there were only really three games we ever played, but if you got to choose, it felt like you had some kind of power. We played, of course, favorite, you guys probably know this one, Kick the Can, which is fantastic. It's kind of like hide and seek, but uh, there's a can in the middle of the yard, and if the, the person who is it would kind of like guard the can, and everybody else, and they tried to find the other kids, and the other kids tried to like sneak out and run and kick the can before the guy who was it tagged them, and uh, that was it. And if everybody, uh, if, no, if somebody kicked the can, then that person had to be it again. And the only thing worse than being it once is having to be it again. So, and we'd play another game too, Sardines. Have you heard of this? It's also kind of like hide and seek. I think they all are a little bit uh, hide-and-seek-ish. But it's like hide-and-seek in reverse, sardines. Like the person who is it, they ran and hid, and then everybody else had to find them. And if you found the person hiding, then you would hide with them till there was only one person left not hiding, and they had to be it. Then, of course, there was my favorite game, which was Frozen Tag and which was not like hide-and-seek at all. It was like tag. Um, and when you got tagged by a person who was it, then you were frozen. And uh, when it was my turn to choose the game, I always chose a version of that game that was called Under the Legs Frozen Tag. Just exotic, you know? And uh, so you would get frozen, and somebody would have to run to unfreeze you. They would have to crawl under your legs, and then you would be unfrozen. But it didn't happen that often. I mean, that I got to choose, that I got to decide what game we were going to play. Because my brother Mike always beat me out, at the front, um, out the front door and into the front yard, even if I was going to beat him and I was going to get out the front door first, he would always just like grab me and pull me back and run out in front of me. Not cool. And uh, so I wouldn't get out there first very often. Uh, so Jenny Banny 
seemed to, I don't know, she's so fast. She always showed up for us. She was always in the front yard. We would be running as fast as we could. We get out in our very own front yard. There would be Jenny Banny standing there in her play clothes, you know, has her, our arms kind of crossed, you know, and tapping one foot and kind of looking bored at us or a little bit like uh, judging us. Like, I have been here for so long. What took you guys? Jenny Banny, she always liked to play sardines. She always picked sardines. And if she was bored of sardines, then she would play kick the can. But she would never choose frozen tag. So this one day, Jenny Banny got the front yard first, and surprise, you know, of course, surprise, she got to choose, and she said she was bored of playing sardines, and so, and then she said she was even bored of playing kick the can. So I thought, frozen tag? No, she said, even if we're bored, because Russ likes frozen tag, we're playing kick the can. I did not like Jenny Banny. She wouldn't do it, because she said that frozen tag, and especially that under the legs frozen tag, was more like a baby game. So what could I say? You know, because then Jay Brando and Paul Tushos, they said, yeah, that is a baby game. And uh, Paul Tushos, Jay Brando agreed, it was pretty much done. So Jenny Benny gets to choose, and uh, she was there first, and she's so... She said that uh, she got to choose, oh, she said that they're going to play, sorry, I got a little messed up here, thinking about Jay Brando and Paul Tushhouse, um, <laughs> those guys. Um, anyway, she, uh, she got there first, and she said, okay, we're playing kick the can, fine, we're about to start, and then she said, and Donnie McCann is it. And we all, like, stopped, because that's not how it works. If you get there first and you choose the game, you're it. You have to be it the first time. You know, if you're fast, if you're good, it's only that first time. The others are on you, but according to the rules, you are it. And she says, no, Donnie McCann had to be it. And Donnie McCann said, nuh-uh. You have to start out being it because you chose the game. That's the rules. But Jenny Benny said that she got to choose who was it because she was there first. And it didn't make sense if the chooser would have to be it, like they're like the boss. So she should be able to choose who is it. She crossed her arms like a grown up and said, I get to say the rules because I was here first. And some other kids and even me and my brother said, no fair, that's no fair. But then Jay Brando and Paul Tushhouse again said, it is too fair. So how do you argue with that? So we gave in, you know, with, with just a few whatevers or a few let's all play again already in protest. And so we played and Donnie McCann, he had to be it. And then you could not believe it. <laughs> everybody was so surprised. Almost everybody got tagged right away because it turns out Donnie McCann was actually really good at being it. He tagged everybody almost. So there was just a few kids left. And one of them was Jenny Banny. And it got down to where Jenny Banny was the only one left. And we all knew where she was hiding. And we saw her make a break for her. And she was running fast, as fast as she could. And then Donnie saw her running. And so he started running, running as fast as he could. And he was also a really fast runner. And so Donnie 
Right as she was going to kick the can, Donnie tagged her. Jenny Banny was mad. She said, that's it. Everyone's free. Donnie's got to be it again. This whole total thing's a do-over. And Donnie said, no way, I tagged you. And she said, yeah, but you tagged me after I was already started to kick the can. But I tagged you before you actually did kick the can, Donnie said. And she said, it doesn't matter because I already started swinging my leg. And then Donnie said, that's not the rules. And Jenny Benny said, it is too. It's my rules, and we have to play by my rules because I was the first one here. I say the rules. You cannot believe how this declaration changed everything. She said, I get to say the rules because I was here first. There was just there was no, it's like chaos. You can't believe it. You can't believe like how much it sped up the whole changing into your play clothes thing. I mean, it was like, it was like sped up like a thousand times. Everyone who wanted to be the one, everyone wanted to be the one who got to say the rules to be part of this new thing. I mean, I didn't even know how the kids did it so fast. Paul Tushow said that Jeff Martinez put his play clothes right by the back door so that he didn't even need to go to his room and that he could just leave his clothes right on the floor by the back door. And people started beating Jenny Banny to the front yard all the time. They would do it like three times a week they'd beat Jenny Banny to the front yard. And even though Don Anderson said that Jenny Banny wore her play clothes under her school clothes and just took her school clothes off in the garage. That should be against the rules. Of course, they never got there first, so. You know, you think it would be good that other kids got there first, that it wasn't always Jenny Banny saying the rules. But when other kids got a turn, who never got a turn before, who got there first, they wanted revenge. They wanted revenge from Jenny Banny and from everybody who'd ever made them follow some stupid rule or be it or got out. Everyone started making up these rules, harder and harder rules, like that were ridiculous and impossible, like uh, the rules like you had to call them your majesty. You know, or um, you, to, before you played, you had to give them a drink of water. Or uh, if you had to, if you, if you had to tie their shoes for them. I mean, all the most ridiculous things. It even got to the point where it's like, you had to kiss every cobblestone on the Kruger's walkway, and then you had to touch it with your nose. And pretty soon, we didn't even play any games anymore. There was no frozen tag. There was no kick the can. There was no sardines. There were only rules. Pretty soon we just started calling it playing the rules. We're playing the rules. Are you going to be there? We're going to play the rules. And so we used to call the person who got there first the, the chooser or the the decider, the person who got to decide what game we were going to play. But now we call the person who got there first, we call them the person who says the rules. Who's the person who says the rules? 
And you'd think someone would just say, no way, I'm not doing that. I'm not touching the ground with my nose. I'm not gonna crawl all the way across the street on my stomach. Forget it, I quit. But you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that, you know why? Because Donnie McCann made up a rule that if you didn't follow the rules, you couldn't play for three days. And then everybody said that should be a permanent rule. And so it was. And then when it was her turn, Jenny Banny, the next time it was her turn, when Jenny Banny got to say the rules, she said that if you don't follow the rules, not only are you banned from playing for three days, but you also have to go through the spanking machine. And I don't know if you know what this is or if you've ever done anything like it, but I'm telling you, as kids, they all get in a line and they uh, spread their legs and people have to go crawl under and then everybody spanks them as they go under. And I want to tell you this, that kids spank hard. One time, Jeff Martinez's little brother, John, started crying because it hurt so much. So nobody wanted to break the rules because they were afraid if they went through the spanking machine that they might cry too and cry in front of everyone. And everyone would call them baby for like a year. So when everyone came to our front yard to play the rules, it was like taking a test at school. It's taking a test at school. Some kids didn't even like try to hurry up or try to get there first. And I mean, nobody had any fun and no one yelled or goofed around and everyone was just kind of like silent and scared and just stood there and listened really carefully so they wouldn't break any rules and get in trouble, maybe cranking machine and crying and all that old stuff. Yeah, because there was another permanent rule that if you didn't hear a rule or weren't there when the rules were said, you still had to follow it. So you had to get there, even if it wasn't fun, and you had to listen. So every day after school, everyone got to our front yard and everyone just did whatever the person who said the rules told them to do in silence, like they were already in trouble. And when you're a kid, what's the worst possible thing there is? Being in trouble. And until this one day, this one day, by the time I got there, changed in the front yard, everyone was standing around something, saying things like, I could hear them saying things like, cool, and like, gross, and don't touch it, and like, ooh, touch it. I went over to where everyone was, and I saw what they were looking at. It was a dead crow. A huge dead crow. Right in our front yard. A dead crow. Before, but before I could really get a good look at it, Jenny Banny yelled, everyone sit on the curb right now. And we had to because she was saying the rules. But everybody wanted to see the crow more because, you know, you don't get to see a really big dead crow very often. We sat down and Jenny said, after everything, she said that we had to say, you're the greatest, my queen, after everything she told us to do. 
And so not to get tricked, after she said that rule, everyone quickly yelled, you're the greatest, my queen. And then she said everyone had to make their hands into fists and then sit on their fists on the curb for 10 minutes. And it really hurt. And it was worse than a spanking machine. And it was really long. And in that whole time, nobody said a word. They just sat there, trying not to cry. We sat there, everybody was doing it. It seemed like we'd been doing it for like an hour. When Jenny Benny yelled out, eight more minutes. Eight more minutes. I didn't know if I could make it. And then just then, like you couldn't believe it, Don Anderson, who was actually kind of really good friends with Jenny Benny, but John Anderson, she stood up. And you could see that she had a tear in her eye. Nobody had ever broken a rule on purpose. Everyone was stunned, especially Jenny Banny. Don Anderson walked onto our front lawn and she walked right over to that dead crow and she bent down and she picked it up and she held it out in front of her in her two hands with its head facing us. And she said, I'm going to say a rule. And Jenny Banny yelled, you can't say a rule, you can't say a rule. Everyone, get in line, quick, spanking machine. But no one moved. Because they couldn't believe what was going on, they couldn't believe this whole thing, that Don had ignored Jenny. And Don Anderson, she said, this is the rule. Everyone who kisses the crow is free from all rules forever. And she turned it towards her and she kissed it, the dead crow. And she got a big smile on her face, like maybe it really was true that she was free from all rules forever. And I think maybe because of that smile or whatever, or it's just so weird, everyone got up and got in line and took turns as Don held the crow out, bending over and kissing it. And then at the very end of the line was Jenny Banny. And Jenny Banny came up to the crow and Jenny Banny kissed the crow. And when she did, everyone cheered and started running around and like wrestling and stuff. And then without anyone being the decider or saying any rules or anything, everybody just started playing together and somebody yelled, let's play tag. And everybody must have been thinking the same thing because every kid at the exact same time yelled, not it. Not it.